Welcome to another episode of Scotland's Choice Westminster Roundup. I'm Drew Hendry, MP. And I am Brendan O'Hara, MP. And with us, we have Stuart McDonald, MP for Cumbernauld, Coalsaith and Kirkintilloch East, and also our Justice and Immigration Spokesperson here at Westminster. Well, thank you, Stuart, for joining us on this episode of Scotland's Choice Westminster Roundup, the last before recess. Uh, people are going to have to dig through the archives, keep themselves going during the recess period. But of course, People always say, right, you're off on your holidays, where are you off to? But before we do that, it's really important to say, what's the main thing you're going to do during recess? Yes, it's very important to uh, say to folk, it's not really a holiday at all, and uh, we will all be spending quite a lot of the next three <laughs> weeks uh, rounding about our constituencies, doing extra surgeries, visits to local charities and businesses, and so on and so forth. But yes, we do also get to have a little break as well for a couple yeah, of weeks. Absolutely. Maybe. Well, where I start, I think Monday I'm in Campbellton, Tuesday I'm on Gear, Wednesday I'm on Mull, Thursday. I'm in Iona and then Friday back to Oban that sounds like a holiday is it a holiday or is that it's not this, this, that's the job the, the holiday comes the following week and I can't wait I'm off to Nashville that's my, my bucket list My it's hard to believe my boyish good looks deny it but 60 a couple of months ago and my my wife got us my bucket list trip to Nashville for two weeks, so that's what I'll be doing. Fantastic. Well, of course, it, it's one of these things that being at Westminster, of course, you're down here more or less Monday to Thursday. You don't get a lot of time to spend in the constituencies, so it's, it is actually really great to get back and get round and see people. Get you know have your boots on the ground as it were in the constituency and get round. And like Brendan, I've got a fabulous constituency. Okay, it's. Boundary Commission are cutting in half. I mentioned this before with some uh, bitterness, but uh, but it's a fabulous constituency for me to cover in the meantime, and uh, there's an awful lot of ground to cover in there. But, um, but it's also a time when it is, really is important to get a wee bit of a break and catch up with family. Personally, I'm going to go and see my son in Berlin uh, for a short period of time with the family, so we're looking forward to that. But, of course, then I'll be back and, again, covering all these outposts. Uh, I should also make clear that my constituency is also fantastic. <laughs> In case anyone was wondering, contractually obliged, <laughs> indeed. Um, but I am getting to escape to Spain to Catalonia, where my parents-in-law stay. So that's very handy. And then we'll do a, a trip up to Madrid as well. So looking forward to that. And will you be catching any football when you're in Madrid? Uh, Maybe the only football you see this season. <laughs> I think we should know the context. <laughs> yes, um, it's like the falling out of love with football between uh, both playing and injuring myself and then watching a certain team called Dundee United. It's been a rather miserable fair. If I have my way, I might get to see some football in Madrid, but it doesn't always work like that, I'm afraid. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. Oh, well. But, it's but, been a, an interesting old week, though, hasn't it? Well, you know, we're talking about sport here and talking about football, but is the, you've been playing ping pong this week, haven't you? Yes, I, we've all been playing ping pong, I suppose. Um, and it, what we're referring to, of course, is a sort of pantomime almost that happens at the end of the legislative process here, where if the House of Lords has made amendments to a bill that started here, or vice versa, uh, then there's a sort of process of the bill coming to and from between the two houses until we whittle it down and some sort of agreement is reached. So I was dealing with that with the nasty illegal migration bill. Uh, and yeah, it was just such a frustrating process. Uh, House of Lords was getting all sorts of plaudits for defeating the government 20 times and all sorts of key issues. And lo and behold, within a week, I had narrowed down to, to 10 and then overnight it suddenly disappeared altogether and yeah. that bill has passed and it is probably one of the most disgusting, despicable bits of legislation that have been passed since I think we were elected into it. So the, the saviour of it that is supposed to be the House of Lords 
actually didn't save anything then, really. Well, I suppose the, the, the thing about the House of Lords is it, it can't save anything. You know, constitutionally, it can. It can act as this, this barrier and this conscience, if you like, but ultimately it can't stop anything. And, you know, it, you know, we, we, we obviously have major issues with the House of Lords and, you know, it's, and, and, and how it's, it's made up. But when you have the government behaving as it does, it's one of the few checks that there is in this place but ultimately the government will always win out and you know we had this situation where you know we went round and round with 18 votes in the spin and then it went back to the lords and it came back with 12 votes in the spin and then i think what happened was we were set up for having you know preparing ourselves for another 10 how many of them could come back um but the government decided they would knock some dust off people who'd never sat in the House of Lords for however many years, and they rammed it through, and they got the numbers, and the Lords caved basically, and yeah. it was uh, quite. Yeah. It was an awful day, an awful day. Did and in theory, what was so frustrating because in theory, the House of Lords does have a power to delay a bill by a year, and you know what I kept saying in the chamber was. If it's not going to be a bill that absolutely rips up the Refugee Convention, absolutely walks right all over the modern slavery protections that we have here, leads to mass detention, including of, of, of children, when are they going to use that power? In mm. fact, they, if they're not going to use it now, they're never going to use it. In fact, they almost mm. never use it at all. Uh, and it's pretty plain to see why that is. They're mm. more concerned about not upsetting the apple cart and losing their places in the House of Lords and having that reformed um, than they are about the, the principle of that awful bill. Will, will this be another piece of legislation that Labour just won't overturn if they get into power? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, it, you know, they, they have opposed the bill, um, but it's always opposition that focuses on operational malfunction rather than the, the principles of it uh, and at various points you've seen spoke people sort of tying themselves in knots over whether or not they'll cancel the Rwanda deal altogether sometimes they say yes sometimes they, they don't seem to know uh, another day I think you had um, Yvette Cooper prevaricating and other features of the bill as well so yes you would hope so but again it's one of these things I, I think sure probably where we're headed here though sure is the expectation has to be that they won't because uh, I'm sure we're just going to come on to it now, but the report, what the, the, the most awful U-turn we've seen, you know, in terms of the two-child limit and the rape clause is breathtaking. And if a Labour Party can decide that it will not overturn something which it itself has called heinous and abominable, if they are deciding now that that is no longer heinous and abominable, but is now acceptable, then... I suppose it is. Yeah. What's the point of the Labour Party? And I think it's important to put in the context for those people who don't know what the rape clause is or the two-child limit. We're, we're talking about a situation where a, you know, a woman would have to prove she was raped uh, to, in order to be able to claim for more than two children in terms of support. And this is a real issue in terms of child poverty, isn't it, Stuart? It's like, what's it, 250,000 children affected throughout the UK? Yeah, um, it, the, the wider issue is absolutely huge. In Scotland, you're talking tens of thousands of kids impacted by this. And, uh, you know, I think 20,000 are forced directly into poverty. Talking hundreds of thousands across the United Kingdom. Uh, I think it's over a million, in, in, in fact. Um, and some of these households, you know, it could be people who have just found themselves out of work and they have large families or circumstances change. Um, 
they'd been deprived of £3,000 or so, which the government recognises is what they need to be able to live a, a decent standard of living. Uh, and it's all for absolutely no reason at all. It hasn't had any impact. I mean, in theory, the idea uh, when George Osborne introduced it would be to try and discourage people having large families if they weren't on, on high incomes. But it hasn't done that at all. Instead, it's just forced kids into poverty and it's an absolute scandal. Yeah, and I think it's worth making a point as well, though. Financially... This is a drop in the ocean. Yeah. This, this is it's not even a drop in the ocean. So this is a political choice made by the Labour Party, made by Keir Starmer. And you can look at the Labour benches when Stephen called them out today and there was a lot of staring at feet. There was a lot of mm. shuffling of bums along the benches because they know that this yeah. is wrong. This is in indefensibly because, because they, they were against this this is something they've they been were. talking about it for a long time Keir Starmer himself has said this is genius yeah. and all, all the rest of it and now suddenly ah yeah, yeah. sniff of power oh it's, it's it's shocking it's absolutely shocking and it, and it gets back to that question if the Labour Party are not there to drag children out of poverty what are the Labour Party there for mm. yeah nothing is sacrosanct now it seems and as uh, as Brennan has said, you know, it's a £1.3 billion for the UK exchequer to fix this is, it is a drop in the ocean. The £3,000 per household... Compared to the overall budget we're absolutely, talking about. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even if, if, if this place uh, replicated Scotland's income tax bans, it could raise five, six, seven, eight times the cost for, for mm. what it would take to repair the damage this policy does. Well, you say there's some mugs around here, but, uh, but there were certainly some mugs around here this morning, weren't there? Yes, there was a <laughs> a cunning stunt <laughs> pulled by our press team, I think, and uh, yeah. they, they they replicated the, that infamous uh, Labour Party mug about tough on immigration that caused so much controversy a few years back, and they put up in the press gallery this morning a wee present from Stephen um, about a Labour Party policy uh, to, you know, Keep, keep. Uh, I can't, what, was, what was the slogan? Controls on family sizes. Controls, on, controls on family sizes. And we know inside it said, um, just like this mug, this policy was also made in China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it, you, the bottom of the the mug actually said, "What's the point in labour?" Which yeah. I think is the key issue here, uh -huh. yeah. Uh, yeah. because if anybody's looking for any kind of meaningful change, what I think we've seen through you know them embracing now Brexit, and we've said here. Kirsten, the leader of the Labour Party, be very, very clear about no customs union, no single market, you know, full-on hard Brexit like the Tories and a range of other policies up to and including this uh, rape clause, two-child limit um, issue. We've seen them say, right, we're just going to attract the Tories. Yeah, but you can see how upset they they got shortly after PMQ's uh, one Labour MP got to her feet and very clearly seemingly very upset that uh, Stephen had his note to the journalist has said, you know, that's policy made in China. She was saying it was an, an absolute disgrace. It was a shameful use of language by Stephen. But what uh, Martin Doherty Hughes pointed out, you know, was that the, the whole idea that this is a policy made in China was one which first came from Jackie Bailey. No. So Jackie Bailey, deputy leader of the Labour Party, deputy leader of the Labour Party, was the one who, at the start, said that this is a policy which re was replicates that of uh, the Chinese Communist Party. And so, if that's what Jackie Bailey is saying about it, I can't see why the Labour front bench are getting so upset. 
by having that turned back on them because I, I, I've not caught Jackie Bailey since uh, Keir Starmer made this announcement, but I, I take it she's outraged. Is she? She's. Uh, I, um, I suspect she privately, <laughs> but she's absolutely. throwing the line otherwise. Like uh, she's she, she's saying she'll do everything in her power to try and fix that, but yeah. uh, I'm not holding my breath. I, I must come clean actually here and say that I think I did hear her on the radio the other sm- the other morning saying that the the, the Scottish government should should mitigate the two-child policies quite ridiculously that um, you know something the Labour Party aren't willing to change themselves they want the Scottish okay. government to take more money out of the budget you know perhaps not be able to do anything with the £25 a week ch- per child payment that the Scottish government have, uh, have introduced in order to tackle some of this but actually take more money out of the Scottish government to mitigate a policy that her own party wouldn't sort out. Yeah but it's a policy which you know the Labour Party up until 72 hours ago were describing as heinous and abominable and now rather than changing and scrapping and binning oh it's too difficult now the the, the heinous and the the, the abominable what they're saying now is it could upset the markets so children have to remain trapped in poverty because the Labour Party are fearful that 1.3 billion pounds of social security support to the most needy would upset the markets. Mm. What's the point in the Labour Party? Yeah, absolute scandal. Um, and you can absolutely understand why uh, people in the Labour Party are absolutely uh, furious with, with what's going on. But it's par for the course, as you said. It's it's just one in a whole litany of, of your turns that have been performed by Keir Starmer. And you really just do not know now what's next and what Keir Starmer actually stands for. And as Brendan says, what is the point of a Labour Party? Well, certainly not for Scotland. I mean, it, you know, we, we've, we've been pretty relentless in talking about the waste of uh, Westminster, the fact that it doesn't listen. And we saw it during PMQs today when Stephen was calling out both Rishi Sunak and Keir Starmer about this policy. We saw uh, Rishi Sunak get to his feet and say, on this issue of child poverty, uh, the way out of poverty is work. Now, I'm not I'm not going to be disingenuous enough to say he was suggesting children should be going up the chimneys, but but it is it is quite extraordinary that he didn't even listen uh, to the way the question was put to him and came out with that as his response because we're talking about people here um, who at the heart of this are not you know looking for a handout or whatever, but they are struggling in many cases, um, you know not just the heat or eat, but to do either of those things. Yeah. But we're also talking about Drew. What we're talking about here is the work. King poor. Yeah, so this yeah. disingenuous nonsense that Sunak came out with today about um, you know workless households. This isn't about workless households. You know the huge, huge, significant number of these kids are living in households where both parents work. Mm-hmm. This is about a low pay economy. Mm-hmm. This is about people not earning enough to feed and clothe their families. It's not just about not earning enough it's you know having to pay more because of Tory actions yeah. uh, because of the, the Liz Trust budget because of Brexit uh, all of these things and food prices people you know the Tories will try and dodge this and talk about the war in Ukraine and they'll talk about you know global inflation but food prices are higher in the UK I never tire of saying this because it's true and because of the self-inflicted action yeah. of their Brexit obsession yeah. and of course Labour now you know hand in hand with them but this is fundamentally this is about what people can't afford. Yeah. And and more than a decade of Tory austerity. Yeah. Uh, and 
you know, first in the line for, for cuts every single time George Osborne got to his feet was the social security budget. This was part of it, actually, the two-child policy, but it wasn't just that. It was the rates that people were paid at and the allowances mm. that were able to, to get and so on. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's an absolute scandal mm. and uh, yeah, children are suffering and will continue to suffer for it, mm. as long as that policy is in place. Yeah. And, and what hope um, then for the... The, what hope then for the the Labour Party? You know when you know for people who are looking at them just now as an alternative of, in government here. What hope now for anybody thinking of that for Westminster for making a, a difference, a positive difference in their lives? It's just going to be more off the same. You know, no hope, no change, no alternative, just more off the same going forward. Yeah, I think what what this signals is that there is no huge difference you know so I think the Labour Party strategists and Mr Starmer have come to the conclusion that it is enough to say we're not them Mm. what do you stand for we stand for not being them you know that's all they just define themselves against the government and that's all it is now this 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 mob might be so bad that that would be enough to see them over the line south of the border but I think if you were going to try and tempt Scottish voters to move away from the SNP and trust the Labour Party. Is that enough? I would sincerely hope not, but that's clearly... The least worst option for Westminster. But that's it, but that's the strategy down here seems to be that being not the Tories is all you have to be. Well, what we need in in, in the United Kingdom and what we need in Scotland is to see really significant change and what the Labour Party has shown is that it's just not prepared to deliver that. It's going to be a stick and plaster government for five years, perhaps seven or eight if it's if it's lucky and it will tweak some of the worst excesses um, at the edges but it's not going to deliver the fundamental change that we need to deliver um, a much brighter future for folk and, and that's why we will continue to make the cases uh, for independence being the, the vehicle for delivering that mm-hmm. and in the meantime for SNP MPs being the ones down here who can put pressure on a Labour government, perhaps if it's a hung parliament or whatever else, to try and make it uh, live up to um, some of the values that it used to espouse. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting what you touched on there, Stuart, about SNP MPs, because I was thinking today, if we weren't here and Stephen wasn't there to make that point, there is nobody, nobody in that parliament would have made the point that Stephen and we are making about this. And so we don't just speak on this for our constituents but we're the only people in this entire parliament who are making those points and are standing up for the poor and are standing up for the dispossessed and are standing up for the vulnerable because they have been abandoned by Starmer and his his front bench. Absolutely. And we're standing up for people of the other nations of the UK yes, of when course. we're standing up for the people of Scotland. But you know, but fundamentally, the point you just made, Stuart, is that we had the powers of independence. We could make the comparison much sharper for people in England, Wales and Northern Ireland with the policies that we're following because we wouldn't be introducing such heinous policies um, into the mix in the first place. And as I said, I referred to earlier, the Scottish child payment is the exact mm-hmm. opposite um, of this policy. Policy that uh, that we've got down here, but it, again, just starved the resources by Westminster. Yeah, absolutely. But I, mean, I suppose we could go on and on and on. But I suppose, but we are kind of running out of time. And 
there is no, there, there's no great uh, beacon of sunshine at the end of this term, <laughs> is there? You know, in this past week, we've had the royal assent to the illegal migration bill, and now Labour's appalling U-turn on this two-child policy, and it's, it's not how any of us would want to end a term of this parliament, but sadly, it's what we expect of this place now. So I hope everyone has a fantastic holiday, uh, refreshes and comes back, their batteries charged and, and, and gets round the constituencies for recess. the constituencies, <laughs> absolutely. So thank you sincerely to Stuart C. MacDonald for joining us. Thank you very much for having me on. I am Brendan O'Hara saying have a wonderful summer. And I'm Drew Hendry MP saying indeed have a a great time. We'll uh, see you after recess. You can find more episodes of Scotland's Choice on scotlandschoice.scot. Thanks again.